We're looking together this week at Revelation chapter 8. This is day 3 of our look at this chapter. We're going to focus today on verses 6 and 7. As we look at those verses, we're going to begin the seven trumpet judgments of God, His revealing to us of what's going to happen. But as we begin to walk into this revelation of God's judgment, this revelation of what's going to happen in a tribulation that's going to come upon this world at the end of time, let me remind you of three kinds of tribulation. It's an important perspective to have as we walk through these verses. Three kinds of tribulation. First, the trials of everyday life. Second, something called the Great Tribulation. And third, something called the Day of the Lord. First kind of tribulation is the trials of everyday life. Some of you have tribulation in your life right now, not with a capital T, not some event that we're looking forward to at the end of time, but it is trouble. It is tribulation. It's not going to be like we're not going to face troubles in this world. And you're going to have some pretty tough days as you face life in this world. There are Christians in this world today who have things happening to them that are just as difficult, just as tough, just as tribulation as these tribulations we're going to read. Now, not every believer has this happening. Not every person has this happening. But there are people who are facing these kind of trials even today. So there are, for all of us, trials of everyday life that come to us in a personal way that hit our lives. There is no promise in the Bible that believers in the world today are going to escape that. In fact, just the opposite. The Bible says all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. The fact is, the Bible says that we as believers have to face the same situations and circumstances that the rest of the world has to face, and even more, because we face persecution sometimes. Now, as I read through these judgments of God, there's no doubt as a human being, I read it and I think, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through any of those things. And I believe, I have shared this with you earlier, that we won't go through the tribulation as believers in Jesus Christ. But that does not mean we're not going to suffer while we're on this earth. Those who went through the flood of Katrina, they faced a flood just as those at the end of time are going to face a flood. Was it any different for them? No, it was localized, but they faced a flood and they faced tribulation in that moment. Those who faced an earthquake in Haiti, they faced a tribulation in that moment that was just in one place at one time where it will be all places at all time at the end of time. But it's just as much a tribulation for them. We have the trials of everyday life. That's one kind of tribulation that we face. A second kind of tribulation is something called the Great Tribulation. And these judgments that we're going to be reading these next few chapters, I believe, fall into that category. The period of time at the end of time when the wheels start to fall off, the world goes downhill, everything falls apart. The seven trumpets have a part of this great tribulation that the world's going to face. This seven years of tribulation before God begins to redeem this world. And then a third type of tribulation is is what I would term the day of the Lord, or the Old Testament would term, and into the New Testament, the day of the Lord. Again and again in the Bible, this phrase, the day of the Lord comes. What is that day? That is the day, that is the day when the judge judges. That's the end. The day of the Lord is when God comes, when Jesus comes as king and ruler, and the books are closed and things are finished. There are these three tribulation times. And this great tribulation we're going to look at the next few weeks It is not the day of the Lord. The books are not yet finished. There are still those who are coming to know Christ even during this time. Now, with that in mind, let's begin to look at these seven trumpets. These seven trumpets are divided really into two parts, first four and then the last three. The first four bring devastation upon nature. The last three are aimed more directly at people. 
Now, as we look at these, I just want to encourage you, don't get too caught up in trying to figure out how exactly one fits and flows into another. This is a description of chaos. The apocalypse is not logical. It is terrible. And God wants us to see, God wants us to see that this world is not a place that we can trust, that it's headed toward falling apart. And so he tells us the truth of what's going to happen. Revelation chapter 8, verses 6 and 7 talk to us about the first trumpet. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. And here, a third, a lot here. What is the significance of one-third? One-third is symbolic, but it's also actual. Not everything is destroyed, but a large part is destroyed. One-third does not have to mean one exactly one-third. This third suffers, and the rest of the two-thirds has no suffering. It seems to be a picture of universal suffering. All the world suffers, but not everything is gone yet. And in this suffering that's happening, there's hail that falls, there's fire that falls, there's blood that falls. What is this a picture of? It's interesting that these judgments remind us very powerfully of the plagues that came upon Egypt. You remember when Moses went before Pharaoh to set the people free and he said, no, God said, well, you've hardened your heart against me and so I'm going to bring these circumstances upon your country that will cause you to fall down and worship me. And he brought plagues, plagues of hail and water that was turned to blood. As you look at this, it's pretty obvious that God is picturing something for us. Now, it's more than just a symbol. It's also equally obviously to me that these are real events that God is describing are going to happen. It's a revelation of something that's happening. Don't, again, get too caught up in trying to figure out how it all fits together. This is not logical. It is terrible. God's trying to picture for us to help us to understand something that is beyond our understanding. You can see order sometimes in these events. Other times, you can't see which follows which. But remember that God is at work to show us that this world is not all there is, that there is something much better beyond. And this is one of those times when knowing the Old Testament helps. These judgments describe, they are very powerfully pictured in the plagues upon Egypt. As you read through these judgments, we're going to be reminded that there's nothing new in this world. It is just the same story. It's the same story in the book of Exodus to me. It was just localized there. Localized plagues came upon a nation. And as those plagues came upon that nation, they came in order that God's people would be set free, in order that God's people would be able to enjoy the promised land that God had for them. As we look at these verses, the exact same thing is happening at the end of time. But now it's not just Egypt, it's all of the world. It's all around the world. You and I, as we look at what's happening in these verses, we need to be reminded of the fact that God has a plan and that God's plan is bigger and better than anything we could imagine. And that plan has been going on for a long time. He's been picturing for us what's going to happen from the very beginning. And as you look at this plan in these verses, wow, I believe that the most powerful book in the Old Testament for understanding the book of Revelation is not Daniel, although you can understand much about Revelation from Daniel. I actually believe it's the book of Exodus. When you see what God did in the book of Exodus, you understand what God is doing in the book of Revelation. When you see that God brought plagues upon a people whose hearts were hardened so that God's people would be set free to enjoy all that God had promised, 
you see that God in the end is going to fulfill that exact thing for the people of God for all of eternity. Only this time, we're not going to wander away from him like the people of the Old Testament did. This time, we're going to worship him for all of eternity. When you see these plagues that come upon the world, you realize that they are for a purpose. God brought plagues upon Egypt so that those who had hard hearts would soften their hearts and turn to God, would follow him. God's going to allow these plagues upon the world so that those who have hard hearts would soften their hearts and turn to God. And also so that those who are the people of God will be released from this world in order to enjoy the promised land, a greater promised land than you can imagine, with him for all of eternity. Now, as we pray today, just take a moment to say, Jesus, I don't like to think about tribulation. Just be honest with him. I don't like to think about trials. I'd rather they didn't happen. I'm looking forward to heaven one day when there'll be no more problems. But this earth, it has trials. It has problems. And I pray that, God, you'd help me to trust you through the problems and to realize that you have a plan to work even in the midst of those problems. Thank you. As we see how your scripture unfolds, that that plan has been there from the very beginning. It's unfolding in the way that you built a tabernacle. It's unfolding in the way that you set a people free from Egypt. And it's going to unfold in the end in the way that you take us to be with you for all of eternity. Thank you, God, for your plan. Help me to live in trust for who you are and what you are doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 